Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here on a Thursday morning, kind of drippy. Looks like we're going to have some thunderstorms. Hope you're all doing well. And to start off, we've got a voicemail from Tim Shorts in Gothridge Manor talking about my previous show on balance. So go ahead, Tim. Hey, Glenn. Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor here. Uh, balance or unbalance is a thing of mine, too. Not, I don't worry about it too much, but like if uh, an encounter is going to be very deadly, you try to organically give them signs of how deadly it's going to be. Like, say, they're going into a dragon's lair. And, you know, you obviously could show signs of that happening. There was one setting where I had, like, these, like, kind of primal creatures. They weren't evil, but they fed on magic. So if magic users came through, they, were, they pretty much were sucked dry of their magic. And so I left, like, rumors and other things around to let them know that this was, like, a bad place or to be prepared for it. They went in without any protection, so the magic users in temporarily, well, kind of for extended time, losing their spell. So... Uh, doing those unbalanced ones are kind of fun sometimes. So, all right, Glenn, keep up the good uh, anchor channel. Thank you, Tim. That was really good hearing from you. Yeah, I should give them a little, a little more fair warning sometimes. I have, I have this bad habit of being the neutral game master. My favorite saying is, "So, what are you going to do now?" Or some, some variation on that. So, I once in a while, I should probably give them a few clues before going in. Like if they're going to. A Medusa's lair, there's these statues here. Some are broken, some are intact. You know, that kind of thing. I never think of doing that. i got to start doing that. Bad GM. Bad GM. Ah, <laughs> uh, you live and learn, you know. I told you the last time I came up with an idea for a mutant future campaign. I was going to talk about post-apocalyptic for a minute as a genre. And it's it's a funny beast, I find it a funny beast. I had to reacquaint myself with the genre. Not so much as I didn't know about it, so much as I kind of got burned on it early in my gaming career and didn't want to go back until I figured out the people who taught me were doing it wrong, or at least as wrong as I thought it was. You know, there's never a wrong way to play. There's just a boring way to play. And boy, was that boring for like, two years, three years, something like that. It's just, I don't think the people, they liked, the the gal who ran it, can't remember her name, she ran it, she liked the genre, but she really didn't know what to do with it. And it was her and her brother and me and my first wife and maybe somebody else, I'm not sure. But I, we spent a lot of time just wandering around. Just wandering around. I didn't really think she knew what to do with it. And I don't know if you've ever run into that, GMs, who just don't know what to do with their what, what they have, basically. And she just... We'd wander around and bump into people and kill a few monsters. We didn't really find anything like a base or anything like that either. So that's why supposed apocalyptic is kind of a funny animal. One... It just seems more fractured than the normal fantasy campaign. There's a lot of wander walking the earth, if you know what I mean, with no organization, maybe a village 
if you're lucky or some kind of encampment or something or some, I don't know, despot ruler. And I think that's what threw her, her off. She really didn't knew. She didn't know what she had. So I came back to it later on when I got involved, when I started thinking of Gamma World and I found Mutant Future, which takes the BX route with with post-apocalyptic and it works like a charm and it's like oh okay i get it now i know what to do with this you do have stories you got to think of it like you got to think of it like any other plot i mean you're going to have bad guys you're going to have you're going to have all kinds of things going on and you have these fantastic monsters which aren't too removed from your regular fantasy D&D type monsters especially in Mutant Future, because the stats match up. So, and I've seen people swap monsters from one to the other. In my Gamma World days, I remember her putting a few D&D monsters in there and just dressing them up differently or something. But, like I said, it's a, it's a weird bird. And so, there's that. And there's also, you got to deal with the mutations, now, radiation seems to be a way of life in these games, because just because that's that's the whole the shtick part of the shtick, and you've got people. I don't know anybody. I think I was the only person I can think of who ever played a pure strain human. In other words, a human, a regular human with no any kind of mutations, or a or a, I'm an android or something like. No, I played a human when I played Gamma World. A couple of times and it's interesting just because you have don't have a boatload of mutations it doesn't mean that you can't do things in that world if you have good stats and it, it bothered me that nobody everybody wanted to play a mutant or mutant 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 animal or mutant plant and guys come on not everybody's going to be running around with these mutations you know, we got, I've got to keep it down. You got to keep it down to a minimum. Maybe have two in a party of five or something like that. They can help out the party, but they're not the be all and end all. And also, as a game master, I find it hard to keep track of it. Uh, all the mutations, what they do, and thing. I usually the, the players figure that one out, but it's kind of hard to put together. It's hard, not put together, but it, it's kind of hard to keep track of. You're doing, okay, your blast is what, okay, you're doing mental combat. And mental combat, we're not talking psionics here. Although, you can make a case for a lot of this being psionics. But the things on Mutant Future, in Mutant Future, like uh, mental combat chart is a lot lot easier. Because you got your mental ACs going against each other. So, it's a little easier. But yeah, they can be hard to keep track of. So, post-apocalyptic has its own feel. I just don't think the stories are as grandiose as, say, a fantasy story, D&D. I mean, there's there's a lot of stories out there. There's a lot of game sessions out there where it's pretty normal stuff you're doing. You know, rid the, rid the village of a monster, go down the dungeon, things like that. But there's also a sort of a grandiose, you got a specific feel for it, and... Post-apocalyptic is is a little, just a little hard to nail down, and it's always like one step removed from this world because it's a cataclysm long time ago, re- 
wreck the world or something. And now it's a world in ruins and you have to make your way in it. So it's not quite as, to me, it's not quite as bleak as, say, a zombie, a zombie game, which I really don't like because the zombie genre to me is survival is its own reward. Well, that don't cut it with me. I'm sorry. But in Gamble World, you actually have a chance of, in like D&D, you have a chance of making your own way. You have a chance of establishing yourself and being somewhat successful. What what the post-apocalyptic thing needs that the game master has to give it is structure. It needs some kind of a structure. I'm always looking for something I can f- have the characters fall back on. In D&D, it's the group. It's, it's the adventuring group. They fall back on each other. In Gamma World, it can be the same way. But I like a little bit more structure for that. So I took a page out of Tim Snyder's book and his two or three adventures in in Mutant Future, they revolve around the group being working for this mutant anthropomorphic bear named Barter John. And they are his quote-unquote acquisitions department. So he's the one, he gets he gets word for his trading post. He gets word that something's going on, something's been found or whatever, and he sends you guys out to get it. They're like his troubleshooters, his, his re- retrieval team, whatever. And he's got all the resources that they could use or that he can, he can come up with. I mean, he's got like, you know, some weapons and a truck and things like that. And... So that's my structure. It's almost like a premise of a TV show or something. And I like that kind of structure in the in the Gamma World type mutant future of post-apocalyptic game. Because I can go anywhere with it. I did the cattle drive thing in fan in the fan in in D and D because that was a structure. That was a structure I can always come back to, which I have. I've broken off parts of it and ran it at conventions with great success. And I've also slotted in stories that I've come up with where I don't know what else to do. Okay, we'll make it part of the cattle drive the guys are going through. And it's, like I said, a TV show, but it's almost like a certain type of TV show, like Route 66, or Then Came Bronson, or the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk, or The Fugitive, or something where they... They're wandering and they run into these stories and they get involved and, you know, things happen. And I think post-apocalyptic works great for that. I mean, if you're going to wander the earth, you might as well bump into all this other stuff you do. See, the the, the original, the gal who used to run it again, she didn't get that. She We just kept wandering around. It's like, well, put a story in front of us. You know, do, do give us a hook or something. And she wouldn't. It's like, okay, you fight a blash. Okay, you fight a hoop. You fight, uh, you know, you meet these people. They give you, and you go on. It's like, oh my god, this is why I almost left role playing in the first place because of stuff like this. But if you got structure in post-apocalyptic, it works a lot better. It really does. It's going to be a drippy day, but I got things to do. I have my chores and all that. So I hope you guys are having a really good day or are about to have a really good day. Until I see you next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? 
comments, send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.